0: Fun Ideas Productions presents The Fun Ideas Podcast We see
1: the syphilitic shrinking The smiling lie of the televised
0: Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 51. This episode is sponsored by the fine folks at Lee's Comics. Headquartered, the book on the monkey's solo career should be out in February or March of 2020. If luck has it, I will be making a personal appearance at the end of March at the Beetlefest in New Jersey. I'm still waiting for the Warren Kramer book as well. I'm also still working on my own Light Up Your Life travel agency, the TTV scrapbook, and the Mad Book. And I'm also working on an article about Harvey Mystery Comics of the 1970s, and plan to work on some new Harvey comic stories with Eric Schenauer. We're actually going to do a little bit of a different type of show, uh, mainly because I don't really have a guest. Um... The person that I would have had as a guest, and I know he would have done it, uh, is animator Daryl McNeil. He was a good friend of mine, and uh, unfortunately he passed away in 2018, about a month before I started doing the Fun Ideas podcast, July 4th, 2018 to be exact. Uh, He was a very accommodating person. He was a very fun person to talk to. I met him at quite a few different conventions, like one's down in San Diego and one's in San Jose, California, things like that. He would just kind of pop up and we'd have long conversations about working for Filmation and Hanna-Barbera and things like that. Now, prior to the Fun Ideas podcast, I did a show, a segment on a show, I should say, called The Stories Behind the Stories, and I did 19 segments of those, and technically I did 20, because Daryl spoke twice as long as he was supposed to, and... (laughs) These interviews uh, were only supposed to be about 10 minutes with various people in the comic book world. Uh, A few people that I interviewed for that series on Geek Speak Show, I've since interviewed at length on the fun ideas podcast unfortunately uh, for the reasons i say uh daryl mcneil will not be one of those guests but i do have the 24 minute interview that i did do with him uh, for the geek speak show back in february of 2013 and uh that's what i'm going to use for the basis of today's podcast now since most fun ideas podcasts run over an hour sometimes close to two hours and this is only 24 minutes well we got a little bit of time to fill I've decided to fill it by talking a little bit about Filmation Studios and the reason why is Daryl worked there for a time. He actually appears in the audience at the opening credits of uh, Archie's Fun House, if you remember that show, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, and I thought it'd be fun uh, just to kind of do a little overview of what Filmation was about and play the theme songs uh, during the show. To just kind of give you a flavor of what type of shows that Filmation did. They did a lot of superhero shows. They did a number of shows featuring Archie from Archie Comics. Uh, They did a number of animated TV show spin-offs. And we'll go over all of those things. And, of course, later on, they were best known for He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Um... There's two great books that came out about Filmation, which is one of the reasons I've never written a Filmation book, and probably never will. Uh, I just recommend you getting these two books. Uh, One is called Animation by Filmation by Michael Swanigan and Daryl McNeil. Yes, he did help out on the book and with a lot of information. Uh, It is kind of a hard book to find, but if you can get your hands on it, highly recommended. The second book, which is still in print, is Lou Shimer creating the Filmation Generation. And it is written by Lou Shimer with Andy Mangels. And I hope I'm pronouncing Andy's name wrong, right. <laughs> if I'm pronouncing it wrong, I do apologize. But uh, in any case, uh, Andy's a good friend of mine. And uh, he knows everything and anything about Filmation. So if you need more in-depth detail about what I'm going to go over kind of in a loose, casual way, uh, please consider Consult his book or consult him. Uh, He writes columns regularly about Filmation for Retro Fan Magazine. Uh, All this is published by Tomorrows and uh, his book and that magazine. And, uh, you know, someday I might have Andy uh, on as a special guest, but for today, I'm just going to talk solo and play a lot of theme songs from various Filmation cartoons. And so, Filmation guys start in 1962, and uh, the. exact date actually was december 27th 1962 according to wikipedia the bastion of accuracy that uh is on the internet um i'm going to trust that that is correct i'm not going to cross check things people can write in or give comments or send me letters or hate mail or whatever if i have anything incorrect uh they were an animation studio that produced a number of animated features uh, animated series and live action series from 1963 to 1989. And the main people and founders were Lou Scheimer, which I mentioned, uh, Norm Prescott and Hal Sutherland. And how you usually saw their names on later shows is you got the Lou Scheimer-Norm Prescott circle where it rotated around so you didn't know who was getting top billing. And then Hal Sutherland had this kind of cursive signature uh, slide to his own name uh, just to give him some prominence. But the three basically were behind uh, virtually all the projects that they worked on. Now, the very first project that they worked on was uh, a little short series called Rod Rocket. And it was one of those series that was popular in the late 50s and early 60s, where it would be a short five-minute cartoon that was multi-chapter and would air, like, in syndication, because In 1963, Saturday Mornings for Cartoons was just kind of getting in uh, to... You know, it had been around for a few years, but uh, it wouldn't be... It would be a few years before um, Saturday mornings got to be where animation was. And as you'll find out, uh, Filmation was one of the leaders, along with Hanna-Barbera, DePatty Freeling, Rankin-Bass, and a couple other studios. But those were the prominent ones during the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And uh, so... Let's listen to the Rod Rocket theme song. Uh, I do apologize about the sound quality, but this is the quality I got uh, off of YouTube. But uh, it gives you kind of a flavor of what their first theme was like. Rod
1: Rocket reporting AOK at X-10.
0: that was rod rocket and uh rod rocket was generally successful but not overly so and um filmation really needed a strong hit series to really make it as an animation studio and uh the next story which is told in andy mangle's uh filmation book with uh lou scheimer uh, it's kind of one of those amusing stories that seems like it's made up, but uh, it's been corroborated by a number of different people, so <laughs> it sounds like it is true. But um, basically, uh, they realized that they need to get some sort of license of a popular character or series in order to make it big in animation. And at the same time, DC Comics was actually shopping around looking for uh, some studio to do new adventures of Superman because the last time Superman was animated were Fleischer cartoons that were made in the 1940s. And they figured, well, in the 1950s, we had the live-action show with George Reeves. Uh, Time to revive it again uh, as some new animation. Uh, they didn't know which studio to go to, um, they were considering a number of different ones, I'm sure they were considering Hanna-Barbera, but um, what convinced them is they uh, somehow got a meeting with uh, Powers of Be that worked at uh, DC Comics, who came out to Los Angeles to check out Filmation's studio. And what Filmation did, because they really had no projects on the board, is they got a number of would-be artists and writers and secretaries, receptionists, whatever, to just kind of come in on their lunch break and pretend to be drawing and... uh <laughs> Um, creating a lot of animation TV shows and commercials and things like that, which were all fake, it was all fictional but they uh, they they showed a really busy studio uh, ironically uh, humorously, one of the people that was uh, pretending to be one of the big animators uh, was Ted Knight the actor who gained fame later as Ted Baxter on the Mary Tyler Moore show and also was on Too close for comfort, and in movies like Caddyshack. But at this time, he was just a struggling actor. He had done a few different things. Um, But the ironic thing is, um, they convinced the DC Comics uh, publishers that uh, they were a studio to reckon with, and they got the rights to do a Superman show. And Ted Knight got to narrate. So Ted Knight narrated a lot of these shows. This was in 1966. They did a number of shows, and I'm going to just play the theme songs back-to-back here in just one big package. Um, Started off with the new Adventures of Superman. They actually got Bud Collier to be Superman again, who is Superman on the radio show, and a few other voices like that. Uh, They also did the Adventures of Superboy, which was the first time that was animated, even though there was a live-action attempt on that in the past. Uh, It didn't go anywhere and uh by 1967 uh superman and superboy were so popular and successful that they created a full series with other dc characters called the superman aquaman hour of adventure and they had the segments of aquaman and aqualad of course superboy superman uh also Uh, first animated adventures of Teen Titans, The Flash, The Atom, Green Lantern, Hawkman, and Justice League of America, which would gain fame in a few years with um, Hanna-Barbera when they switched studios uh, as the Super Friends. (laughs) Uh, Eventually, all these were animated later, like in the 1990s and even later, uh, by other studios and in, um, you know, more you know, with more movement and things like that. But this time, you know, this is the 1960s, uh, you know, limited animation was in vogue and uh, was cost-effective. They're not bad, Uh, you know, in comparison to the Fleischer cartoons. They're kind of stiff. But the stories are well-written. They were considered pretty violent at the time. I don't know. Uh, I guess they were. But... uh, You know, soon they were replaced by what we'll talk about next after I play all these. Um, By 1968, uh, Batman was added, and so there's now the Batman-Superman Hour, and that comprised of Batman, Superman, and Superboy, uh, whereas Aquaman got his own series, and a lot of those uh, shorter segments that I mentioned earlier were added to his show, too. And uh, that was really um, where DC was. Uh, DC uh, and where Filmation was at this time. And uh, until everything switched over to Hanna-Barbera in the 70s, uh, DC and Filmation were synonymous with each other. Uh, They did a couple tests with Wonder Woman on a later show on Filmation, The Brady Kids, which we'll talk about. Um, But Eventually, like I said, everything got over to uh, Hanna-Barbera and Super Friends, and so uh, Filmation was kind of left in the dust. But they had many things to replace it, as you'll hear in a few moments. So, here are all the theme songs for the DC animated series uh, of the late 1960s on Filmation.
2: buildings at a single bound. fighting tower of the Man of Steel and the Cosmic Crusader, the Winged Avenger, and the King of the Sea, the Tiny Titan, and the Scarlet Street, all working together for good against evil as the Justice League. The Guardians of the Universe, on the far-distant planet Oa, Al Jordan, test pilot, becomes the Green Lantern, a cosmic crusader, whose magical power ring and his bidding accomplishes the impossible. His continuing fight against interplanetary evil, Green Lantern, Guardian of the Galaxy. A scarlet costume ejects from his ring, and in a blur of motion... Police scientist Barry Allen becomes the Flash, world's fastest human, the Flash, whose speed enables him to vibrate through solid walls and conquer the barriers of time and space in the pursuit of evildoers. Arrows perform awesome feats. aquila bold and daring marine marvel. Fabulous horsum awesome for right against might, the team.
1: against the force of evil. The Atom will succeed. Green Lantern's power ring can accomplish anything. Superman, Batman, all the super superheroes. i the Justice League of America.
2: They're... The Adventures of Batman with Robin, Boy Wonder dynamic duo against crime and corruption, whose real identity is millionaire philanthropist Bruce Wayne and his young ward Dick Grayson are known only to Alfred the faithful butler. Ever alert, they respond swiftly to a signal from the police, and moments later from the secret Batcave deep beneath Wayne Manor, they roar out to protect life, limb, and property as Batman and Robin, Cape Crime Fighters, Batman and Robin Forge of Gotham City's kooky criminals, the Joker, clown prince of crime, the Penguin, pudgy purveyor of perfidy, and the cool, cruel Mr. Freeze. Watch out, villains! Here come Batman and Robin.
0: And so those were all the theme songs for all the various uh, DC Comics-related series that Filmation produced in the late 1960s. Now, DC was not out completely because uh they did come back in the 70s so I'll do another uh go around with DC in the 70s but we'll leave it alone for right now because I just want to talk about a couple other series that uh Filmation did through 20th Century Fox Television uh based on feature films that 20th Century Fox did which would turn were based on books um they did a uh animated version of Journey to the Center of the Earth in 1967 followed by an animated version of Fantastic voyage in 1968. Um, both are actually really good adventure, uh, movies, uh, cartoon shows, I should say. Uh, the fantastic voyage and journey have little to do with the movie counterparts, but that's okay. Uh, they're still well done. Um, I should say that All the DC cartoons, except for Superboy, those have been put out on home video. Superboy has been held up in uh, legal troubles over the years. They've been settled, but they still have not released the Superboy cartoons to home video. Rod Rocket, who knows? uh, They may put those out someday. Uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth is kind of in limbo, but Fantastic Voyage has been put out, but not in a Region 1 DVD. But if you have an all-regions player, you can get Fantastic Voyage, and it's not a bad series. And after these two theme songs, we'll come back with another comic book-related series. I guess you can guess what that might be, but we'll leave it to you to come back for that in a moment.
2: centuries, his trail was discovered, first by me, Professor Oliver Lindenburg, my niece Cindy, student elephant Ewan, our guide Lars, and his duck, Goodfuck. But we were not alone. The evil Count Sacknusum, last descendant of the once noble Sacknuson family, had followed us to claim the center of the earth for his power-man schemes. He ordered his brute-like servant, Torg, to destroy our party.
0: And we're back again. Well, um, in the late 60s, like I said, DC was having great success with Filmation, although there was a little bit of a problem with uh, a lot of the superhero cartoons considered somewhat violent. And um, Filmation, as with other animation studios, were kind of looking for a new direction to go. At the same time, you know, because of DC's success, uh, the other companies, uh, the other comic book companies were seeking out... Animation possibilities. Marvel did do Marvel superheroes, but they didn't do it with filmation or Hanna-Barbera. They did their uh, version of Marvel superheroes really, really on the cheap, uh, basically taking frames of comic books and manipulating uh, arms and legs. Um, so, but those are still kind of fondly remembered I'm not going to talk about them much here because uh, it wasn't Filmation Uh, they also did a Spider-Man show Um, but um, the one that had success again with Filmation was Archie Comics Archie was really successful since the early 1940s and uh, they had done radio shows and attempted TV shows live action Um, in the late 60s um, they were ramping up Archie again and they gave him his own band called the Archies and that seemed to be like a good prospect for Filmation to do kind of a more humorous music type show and uh, so in uh, fall of 1968 the Archie Show came about and the theme song was a song that was also a hit record called Everything's Archie and that spawned off a number of shows over the years and uh we're just going to play all the archie shows i mean there was a decade there that all these shows uh (laughs) were uh shown on uh on tv through Filmation. it was like every year it seemed like archie had a different format um In 1969, uh, the Archie Show became the Archie Comedy Hour and introduced a new segment that was based on a different Archie comic book called Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And then the following year, 1970, they created Archie's Funhouse, which was kind of more like laugh in or something like that and uh sabrina branched off into her own series called sabrina and the groovy ghoulies now the groovy ghoulies weren't really an archie creation uh so but they're kind of tied to sabrina and archie somewhat so but it is a filmation creation Uh, By 1971, Archie did Archie's TV Funnies, which was kind of an oddball series because uh, they showed little Archie stuff and had more animated cartoons of Dick Tracy and Emmy Lou and the Captain and the Kids, also known as the Cats and Jammer Kids. So that was kind of a crazy series. Uh, By 1973, um, they did a few more episodes under the title of Everything's Archie, which was basically a rehash of the original Archie show. Then in 1974, they have one of my favorite versions. Um, They did Archie shows that were based on the Bicentennial and different events through history where the Archie characters were like the ancestors of the current Archie characters. And it was creatively called the U.S. of Archie. Meantime, all these Archie um, albums were coming out that had Filmation credits on it. And of course, in 1969, Archie, the Archies, sung by Ron Dante, had their biggest hit, which was Sugar Sugar. It was the number one hit for 1969, outselling Beatles and everybody else. It's kind of weird because now it's considered kind of pap pablum type stuff but there was a time where the archies could be a group to be reckoned with uh, they did sugar sugar jingle jangle bang Lang, all these weird titles like that uh, had later titles like sunshine and this is love uh, but by 1971 the original archies group was pretty much done and so when they got to the U.S. of Archie, there were some new songs based on uh, the historical events, but they weren't sung by Ron Dante, but they were created specifically for the uh, U.S. of Archie show. There was no official album except for an album that had uh, this the actual soundtracks of two episodes, you know, with dialogue and everything, complete soundtracks. So that was uh, a highlight of um, the Archie series. Then later in the late seventies, there was one last gasp to do some new Archie and Sabrina. It was called the New Archie and Sabrina Hour. And then shortly, that was not as successful. They branched that off into the Bang Shang Lollapalooza show for Archie and Super Witch for Sabrina. And it was just basically the end of the line. Now, Archie, of course, made comebacks later through other studios and is even on TV now on a popular live-action show called Riverdale. Uh, Sabrina came back as a TV show uh, with Melissa Joan Hart, live-action and animated. And uh, there's Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So both characters have had successful lives after filmation. Uh, the last kind of gasp, which is uh, Groovy goolies is the is Groovy Ghoulies and Friends. And uh, they came, that was in 77, 78. And that was pretty much the end of the line until everything went into syndication. Um, but uh, we're going to play all those themes. And then I will come back uh, with uh, what Filmation was doing in the 1970s. We will be back after this message. If you live in the Bay Area, visit Lee's Comics during the month of December 2019 and enjoy a huge ongoing sale featuring quarter books refreshed throughout the day. All back issues and sets half price. Half price golden and silver age high value collectors wall comics, new items daily. Marvel pure hero shirts starting at just $5. Spider-Man, Punisher, Captain America, and more. Graphic novel sale. Buy two Funko Pop and get one free, and much, much more. Lee's Comics Mountain View is open daily from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. and 10 till 9 on Saturday. Tell them that the Fun Ideas Podcast sent you and receive a free gift. And now, back to the Fun Ideas Podcast.
2: and friends.
0: the 1970s um you know of course i said archie was really really popular and kept going on with various tv series Hanna barbera even got wind of uh, what was going on over at archie and uh, they said to archie is there anything we can have and Hanna barbera got their own series in 1970 called josie and the pussycats so if you're wondering why josie didn't end up over at filmation it's because Hanna barbera got it uh hannah barbera also kind of based a lot of series on the success of Archie's show the most successful of these and it begat so many of these uh, spin-offs of a, a group of kids with a band with a dog, uh, but the most famous one debuted in 1969, and it's loosely based on Archie, without saying it's Archie. is Scooby-Doo, where are you? And of course, there is a number of Hanna-Barbera series later: Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids, uh, The Amazing Chan, The Chan Clan, Goober and the Ghost Chasers, Clue Club—you name it. And uh, those—that's what Hanna-Barbera's bread and butter was through the 70s. But even Filmation tried to do uh, have success repeating itself. Uh they did a Hardy Boys uh show where Hardy Boys were a band and Hardy Boys like the Archie's released a couple of albums that didn't go anywhere. Even the Groovy ghoulies released an album didn't go anywhere, but they're highly prized collectors items if you're a filmation fan. Uh, going into the 1970s, uh, the switch came to uh, base things on comedians and celebrities and TV shows. And we'll start off with uh, uh, two popular comedians of the 19th, early 1970s. One was Jerry Lewis. And one was Bill Cosby. And people have various opinions about both these men. But for the sake of what we're talking about today, we're just going to talk about what they did back then. Um, by the early 1970s, uh, Jerry Lewis's film career was kind of winding down. And uh, he had a long-running comic book with DC Comics. So this is probably where it kind of came from, is the DC connection. And they did an animated series called Will the Real Jerry Lewis Please Sit Down? I'd love to see this series again. I thought it was pretty clever at the time it came out. Of course, I was about four years old. But um, (laughs) uh, they were comical adventures based on uh, characters that Jerry Lewis had in his various films like The Nutty Professor and the Family Jewels and things like that and jerry didn't voice his own character strangely enough they got this other guy uh who went on uh michael l lander who went on to play squiggy on lenny and squiggy uh on Vern Shirley show <laughs> and he he does a decent imitation of jerry lewis as a kid i thought it was jerry lewis uh by this time like i said uh, jerry lewis's film career was winding down and he was basically playing host once a year on the jerry lewis telethon for muscular dystrophy and that's kind of where this series kind of rests in that kind of little area in the early seventies now bill cosby um... had been wanting to get an animated series on for years he had had success with uh stand-up comedy and his comedy albums. He was on I Spy and his own Bill Cosby show, not the eighties Cosby show where he was the dad Mr. Huxtable, Dr. Huxtable. Um this was a nineteen seventies version where he was a gym teacher uh named Kincaid, last name Kincaid. And uh wanted to venture into animation partially because he was trying to get his doctorate uh in education. He did a lot of stuff for the Electric Company, which is a series similar to Sesame Street he did stuff on Sesame Street and uh did two primetime specials based upon Fat Albert and these characters that he talked about on his various comedy albums. Uh the second one was actually produced by Filmation and uh so uh a call for a series was uh requested and bill said yes and unlike the jerry lewis show bill does voice some of the characters he voices himself bill uh he voices uh fat albert and a couple others but uh he has other there are other people doing other characters like dumb donald and uh uh, the uh, various other characters um rudy and things like that um bill cosby himself makes an actual live action appearance on the titles of every show, and in the credits of the show, just kind of saying what today, summing up what today's lesson was about. Uh, Fat Albert's show was wildly successful, just like the Archies for, um... Uh, for uh filmation they had an album out (laughs) uh bill cosby put out a comedy album called fat albert with some new fat albert stories that he hadn't told previously uh but like i said there is a music album too uh the show continued on uh through the remainder of the 70s originally it was called fat albert and the cosby kids and those had the musical segments later on the musical segments were replaced by uh, a segment called the brown hornet which was a uh, black superhero which was strongly uh modeled off of bill cosby's uh persona <laughs> and looks and uh those were all part of the all new fat albert show And then still later, uh, they did another series of Fat Albert, which incorporated all the old episodes and some brand new ones to be stripped on a daily basis, similar to how uh, they later stripped uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, She-Ra, and Ghostbusters, but we will get to those later when we're talking about the 80s. So for now... Here's uh, Jerry Lewis and Fat Albert and Bill Cosby, and then we'll be back.
1: Music and fun,
2: and if you're not careful, you may learn something before it's done. So let's get ready, okay? Hey.
1: hey.
0: Going into the mid-70s, Filmation continued on. They had the success with Bill Cosby and with Jerry Lewis. And uh, the new thing, and all the major animation studios seemed to do this, um, Rankin Bass, Patty Freeling, Hanna-Barbera, is to do TV shows based on uh primetime TV series. And so uh, for Filmation's first entry into this, they did The Brady Kids. The Brady Bunch had been successful for a number of years. And so um, they decided to take just the kids of The Brady Bunch, and they did The Brady Kids. Uh, this was followed closely um, in 1973 by a Lassie cartoon show for the famous dog Lassie it had been on TV for 20 years. And in the movies, they did a series called Lassie's Rescue Rangers. Also, in 1973, a big highlight um, was the return of Star Trek. You know, it was really popular in the late 60s. But it was canceled. Uh, this actually brought together, as did the Brady Kids, um, the original voices for the most part of everyone that originally was involved with Star Trek, and uh, you could consider it a Star Trek season four for the original series. Uh, They're written by the original writers in most cases and performed by the original actors in most cases and uh it was it was highly uh, successful and it's probably one of the best if not the best filmation series out there based on the writing. Animation is kind of eh. I've always thought the Star Trek animated series they could do a reboot where they keep the same voice tracks but just reanimate it where they have like CGI or something where it's fully animated and and just redo them. Why not? They could. Um, Another show that was uh, made into an animated series in 73 was My Favorite Martians, loosely based on the 1960s uh, live-action series called My Favorite Martian. And uh, then Brady Kids actually spun off a show called Mission Magic, although it has kind of more ties to the archies than it would with brady kids uh the main thing about mission magic is it had music and songs by rick springfield and this is years before he had hits with jesse's girl and was noah drake on general hospital and uh, that was mildly successful next series that was another 60s favorite that uh resumed with most of the voice artists was the new adventures of gilligan and uh That actually was a successful reboot with most of the cast. It led to, uh, as the Star Trek series did, to a new series of movies. The Gilligan's Island movies were TV movies, Rescue from Gilligan's Island and things like that. Uh, The Star Trek one led to the Star Trek uh, motion picture and uh, long successful theatrical film series and other long-running TV shows and things like that. Uh, Gilligan's Planet came in the early 80s and we'll throw that on here in the 70s just because it's kind of like the final gasp of the Gilligan's Island saga uh, and of the TV uh, show adaptations Uh, we'll have a few more uh, in an upcoming segment but uh, let's get uh, these theme songs up until the mid 70s
1: Marsha with her eyes are sparkling blue Then there's Jen the middle one who's really groovy And Sister Cindy too Let's get set now for action and adventure Sign. an unexpected storm came up and tossed them with the tide
2: they found themselves a shipwreck plan lost on gilligan's isle gilligan and skipper the millionaire his
1: wife the movie star professor and marianne began a brand new life what
2: creatures they encountered what riddles
1: did they face what mysteries did haunt them in a strange but happy place?
2: On the new adventures of Gilligan Gilligan.
1: All on Gilligan's Island.
2: We've got a brand new story about the castaways. A little spaceship. It's crude, but it
1: could fly. We left home and lost our way between the stars and sky. Went from an island
2: to a star. Lost on Gilligan's planet. Gilligan and Skipper, the millionaire,
1: his wife, the professor, the movie star, and Mary Ann began a brand new life. What
2: creatures we encounter!
1: riddles do we face what mysteries now haunt us in a strange and place our adventures are the
2: best
1: by far here on Gilligan's Star ah! oh yeah
0: as I said before um all the DC comics properties went over to uh Hanna-Barbera to do Super Friends during the remainder of the 1970s. Uh Filmation didn't want to be left out in the lurch and um in 1973 um Captain Marvel which was a character that appeared originally in Whiz Comics in the 1940s from Fawcett Publications uh was getting a revival. By DC Comics. Unfortunately, in the 1960s, Marvel Comics created their own Captain Marvel, which had nothing to do with this Captain Marvel, but since they were Marvel Comics, they somehow were able to lay claim to the name Marvel, and so this uh, their Captain Marvel kept being called Captain Marvel, whereas the original Captain Marvel uh, took on the name of the wizard that he went to see that gave him his powers. The wizard's name was Shazam. Uh, In a weird change of pace, uh, they decided to do Shazam as a live-action series. This might be because, you know, the previous animated versions were considered too violent, so maybe, you know, by doing it live-action, they could tone it down or control it or something. Um, The strange thing about this Shazam uh, is that uh, it... bore little resemblance to what was in the comic book other than um you know that it was a boy who said shazam and became captain marvel but uh you know unlike the um Comic book, which had uh, Billy Batson working at radio station and later TV station WHIZ, uh, he traveled around with this older mentor guy uh, in a you know Winnebago van or something like that, and it just seemed really weird. I used to watch it, and you know it was it was decent live action superhero stuff in the mid 70s then it begat a spin-off series of um it was kind of funny in the Fawcett comics there was an egyptian-based character a man uh named the invincible ibis and uh ibis went on to have his own comic book series for a time but just kind of fell by the wayside um for shazam they decided to do a spin-off series of a female and her name was isis Now, Isis has a totally different connotation these days, but back then, you know, it was just the female Egyptian superhero. Um, The show is called Isis, and then later in syndication, they renamed it The Secrets of Isis. It's the same show. Um, Isis and Shazam made appearances on each other's shows, or Captain Marvel, I should say, um, during their runs. And, uh, yeah, they were both successful live-action series. So let's listen to Shazam and Isis. Chosen from among all others by the immortal elders Solomon, Hercules,
2: Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury, Billy Batson and his mentor travel the highways and byways of the land on a never ending mission to right wrongs, to develop understanding, and to seek justice for all. In time of dire need, young Of the power by the immortals to summon awesome forces at the utterance of a single word. A word which transforms him in a flash into the mightiest of mortal beings. Captain Marvel! with the powers of the animals and the elements you will soar as the falcon soars run with the speed of gazelles and command the elements of sky and earth Three thousand years later a young science teacher dug up this lost treasure and found she was heir to the secrets of isis and so unknown to even her closest friends rick mason and cindy lee She became a dual person, Andrea Thomas, teacher, and Isis, dedicated foe of evil, defender of the weak, champion of truth and justice.
0: Thank you for listening. Episode number 52 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas Podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas Podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is Copyright 2019 Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you very much, and have a good night.
1: church the final flicker of your living